entering the realm of the freaky deaky. An unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... Okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality. About time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. I guess, but that's beside the point. I guess welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. We're here. We're finally doing the Dreams episode with my mom, who is here in studio with us. You can say hello. <laughs> okay, I didn't know you started recording, so I thought, oh, okay, yeah, are we still doing? <laughs> that was like ten minutes ago. I started, yeah, and then I restarted it, and then I restarted again, just so I don't have a, a ton of random talking. But, yes. Uh, so, hello, everyone. It's good to be here. Yeah, it is. We don't have guests in the studio very often, and so anyone that comes to my house, I'm like, you have to do an episode with us now. Yes. And the fact that you have done many of things with dream interpretation and stuff like that, I was like, that seems like it's right on topic for what we talk about here. Yeah, on your dreams episode, it's perfect. Perfect timing for me yeah. to be here, talk about dreams. I love dreams. Yeah, as we all do. Yes. I was trying so hard to have a dream that I could bring here. Yeah, <laughs> but just before bed every night, you're like, just dream. Yeah. Just <laughs> get it, brain. Come on. I even have an app, an app on my phone that's supposed to help you dream. Yeah. Is it, does it like talk in your ear as you're sleeping or something? Like, hey, picture a meadow. Or it's it's weird, but it's made by the, a group that would be famous in our genre, the Monroe Institute. Mm, yes, the old astral projection. I was actually just talking to my mom about that a couple days ago. Yeah, so yeah, I was. Yeah, there's an there's an app on your phone you can. And they have all kinds of stuff that supposedly they used with the government many years ago. And the government says it works. Mm. And that's all. I mean, we all trust the government. So there's that. I mean, the government's telling each other it's working. It's not like. Oh, they're not telling us. No. We should believe it. No, yeah. these are the the secret documents that have been released and and have the information's come out in books since then. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. interesting. I, I would like to preface, before we get into this episode, I would like to preface that if for whatever reason you are a friend of my mother's and you're listening to this episode, oh. that nothing that I say, <laughs> if you're like, hey, what a good show, I'm going to check out the past. Nothing that I say should be reflected on my mom. All right. She's a very kind woman. <laughs> I am off the cuff a lot and I swear like a sailor and please don't listen to <laughs> don't listen to the rest of the show. You can support my mom's episode. That's cool. I'm not going to be getting emails from your friends being like, you should really swear less, Scott. Not that all your friends sound like old ladies, but it, they're getting there. Well, thank, wow. Yeah. Thank you for so, that ahead of time. <laughs> you're welcome. You know, I just thought I'm just throwing it out there being like, hey, nothing that I say is my mom's opinion and probably vice versa. But that's fine. Nothing you say is your mom's fault. That's true. Yeah, I was the youngest. I was a rebel and I have remained one and somewhat of a badass, too, if I might. And so it begins. Yeah, it's already started. <laughs> 
So they're tuning out as we speak. Also, this episode is very loosey-goosey. There's no set structure. I don't have, like we've all kind of talked about it for the last few weeks. We're supposed to do it a couple weeks ago. Got pushed back. We're supposed to do it last week. Got pushed back. And so now we're just sitting like, you know what? Whatever. It's just happening now. We're just doing yeah, it. It's just happening. Jumping Whatever in. happens, take it as that. Uh, but if you are new to the show, we ask one thing, and that is for you to listen to the episode. And if you like the episode, rate and review the show. You don't have to be one of those people that like, I'm like, hey, rate it right now. I used to do that. And now I'm like, hey, just if you don't like it, then you don't like it. Move along. Uh, if you are someone on YouTube that likes to talk a lot of shit, on. wow, there you go. Yeah, so I got. I think you should cut that out. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that's too bad. That's too bad. I'm not cutting anything out that's offensive. I want to or... go back to. <laughs> I want to go back. I'll just but see, deep if, dive if, in here and. <laughs> if he says it first, and then you follow up with "Yeah," then I'm like, "No, no, no," because you already canceled it out by him saying it. So now I have to, you know, maybe I'll bleep it out if that is like softer on everyone. But it's. I want to go back to what Christian said about wanting to dream and not being able to, and using the government's tactics and how that didn't work. But I have a practical one is vitamin b6 well I've, I've used that before that's those are some intense dreams that can help and then not to use nyquil because on the contrary nyquil can give you nightmares yeah nyquil dreams which are which are special on their own way so if you do want to have a strange dream and that's usually what happens oh. when people are sick they yeah have yeah. the nyquil dreams and I've had melatonin dreams. Those are not. Yeah, usually the first one. The first time you take melatonin, like I've said it multiple times, I will never share the dreams that I had the first time I took melatonin. There was three consecutive back to back to back, strangest dreams of my life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm taking these with me. <laughs> these are going to my grave because they are weird. Yeah. When I worked up in Prudhoe Bay, everybody was taking some kind of sleep aid. And so I tried melatonin and it was like, I don't have bad dreams, but they were just too weird and kept me awake, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I'm like, this isn't even helping. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's what you watch in life. My melatonin dreams are actually quite good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're not bad. I can't think of any bad dreams I've had probably since I was a kid. But Christian doesn't have nightmares, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that I remember. Mm -hmm. They're just counterproductive to sleep. Do you ever have falling dreams or? Not since dreams? I was a kid, but I used to have them a lot then. Yeah. Good stuff. Falling. I could jump like 100 feet in the air. Well, I thought that was an actual experience. Well, that I jumped 100 feet in the air. Yeah, didn't you say you were like astral projecting as a kid or something yeah. like that? I think it's like, sometimes that's what I'm supposed to be dreaming though, is when I felt like that was happening. Like, because oh. you get to that relaxed place and I it's see. not a normal dream. I see. But that's what, if you're into astral projecting, that's what it feels like, I think. Or You are losing a lot of credibility. Why? Because I said I'm in it. You said it happened at a park. It uh, did. Oh, but when you're supposed to be asleep at a park? Yeah. When you, who's, what are you, a bum? What it's, are you doing sleeping at the park? When you're dreaming, you're, uh, time and space is not a thing. Wow. Okay. I, I think. I'm not the expert, but wow. it just seems like, you know, you're going back and forward. So sure. if it's astral projection, it's supposed to be the same thing. You can go to a different time and higher beings. So that's how he takes away my thunder. No, there's multiple ones on here that'll take away your thunder very quickly, but that is not one of them. Um, just to, before we dive in completely, we are going to open up with some premonition dreams. And these are kind of light, kind of light, I should say. Kind of fake. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Starting early. And then from there, at the, near the end of the episode, we're going to start playing voicemails from our listeners. And uh, we have a couple emails as well. And we're going to close this episode out with a song that was sent in to us that has a very special meaning to someone. And that's what we're gonna do. And we'll talk a little bit more on that later. But for the time being, if you're new to the show, find us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod, wherever you are, unless you're on TikTok, in which case it's at TFT Paranormal. Send in your stories to the gang at the Freaky Deaky 
com. Sorry, I had to set something up real quick for you. Oh, um, so already planning ahead. Yeah, you know how it is. Anyway, yeah, so mom, do you want to take a couple minutes to explain what you've done as far as like dream stuff goes, like conferences and selling out mega stadiums and stuff? Sure. Yeah, I, I've been in interpreting dreams for close to 20 years now. I love dreams. I was intrigued by them. Everyone's had a dream that hasn't left them and everybody wants a correct interpretation to a dream. So when you're dreaming and you share it, it's a part of who you are. Like you said, you're taking three dreams that you had from melatonin to the grave with you because they're that private. Mm. And so when someone shares a dream, often it is they're being vulnerable. They want to see, they really want to know what it means. And I mean, I've had some crazy dreams told to me that that I would not expect a person to share on intimacy, on, I mean, it runs the gamut of nice. strange thoughts that people have, but but people want their dreams interpreted. So they will approach you and and tell their innermost secrets, wanting the interpretation of the dream. And also when someone has a dream, if you get the correct interpretation, it hits you like an aha moment and you know it's a correct interpretation. And the dreamer will be the authority on whether the dream is interpreted correctly or not. So when I interpret dreams, I'm watching for that aha moment with the dreamer, and I'm also wanting their buy-in, and, and I'm also giving them permission to share. And so if they have the correct interpretation, they're going to go, yes, that's it. You see the eyes light up. You see mm -hmm. the aha moment. And if it's not there, then people won't receive an incorrect interpretation. They'll try to, they'll try to, you know, apply it, but it doesn't really sit and they'll keep searching for that correct interpretation. Has anyone ever told you, you could not be more wrong? Yes. Oh. And in that same vein, what's interesting is they can say, no, 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 that's not it. But you know that you've hit a deep part of them that they don't want exposed. Hmm. So they just kind of shut it down right there because they're uncomfortable. And, you know, it's not my right to go. Yes, it is. Can't you see? Da, 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 da. Because that makes, yeah. I mean, nobody wants, you know, sure. to be exposed. With that, you might just, you know honor them and where they are and step back. And I just, you know, throw out a few bits and pieces that may be helpful and encourage them to, mm. to think about it. Now with, uh, within that we have, uh, obviously, you know, Christianity mm -hmm. right now, do you interpret everyone's dreams or is everything under like a Christian lens? which I think is probably going to be one of Christian's questions, but I want to get it out of the way fast. Cause I'm sure like probably like 60% of our listeners aren't religious. Mm -hmm. And so they, most people when they're like, Oh, here goes a Christian talking about Christian kooky stuff, which mm -hmm. it's usually this guy, but, yeah. <laughs> but this time uh, I make it an effort to tell people like, I'm not here to shove my religion down your throat. You believe whatever you want to believe. If I'm asked, I'll tell you what I believe. And then, but so we keep it kind of open like that. Now, mm -hmm. How does that apply to like dream interpretation? Like do people that aren't religious, when you tell them stuff and it has like maybe religious undertones, do they get kind of like standoffish or do they, are they just like, okay, yeah, that's an interesting opinion. Yeah. It probably depends on the person. What I've discovered and the reason I don't consider myself religious, I do mm -hmm. consider myself spiritual. And so, um, and wow. what I've discovered is that I do, my background is biblical dream interpretation, and what I found is that a third of the Bible is dreams and visions, mm. and those are, dreams are spiritual, God speaks through dreams, so, and God spoke to Pharaoh, he spoke to um, Nebuchadnezzar out of Daniel, he, he spoke to leaders through dreams that brought about with Joseph and Pharaoh, it actually saved both countries, you know, it saved yeah. the people in Egypt, it saved God's people. So the dream was powerful, but it needed a correct interpretation. And that's what Joseph offered. With Daniel, it was a warning to 
the king, you mm-hmm. know, because he, he was getting a little prideful. It was a warning, don't do that. But also what's interesting in Daniel is that, in the book of Daniel, is that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and he said the interpreters had to tell him what he dreamed. He wouldn't even tell him what the dream was. They had to tell him the dream and then interpret it as well. Otherwise, they were all going to be killed. So it was kind of a high stakes situation yeah, with Daniel. Yeah. It's like, uh, you were eating a bean burrito. <laughs> Just like filling in the blanks, like it's an, a Mad Lib or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I've in in my experience, I've found that 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 um, the background of biblical dream interpretation is what is key. But basically, dreams are metaphorical; they're symbolism, and they come from your daily life. Because some people say, "Oh no, I you know I was busy working outdoors, and that's why my dream was outdoors." Well, the things that go on in your life can be like the props for your dreams. Hmm. So every dream can have an interpretation to it. Yeah. Um, like I did say, the the Nike dreams that can just be an equal dream yeah. yeah but um got all hopped up on a cue yeah even negative dreams can be turned into positive mm. so um every dream is good yeah and can be turned to good well that's good <laughs> no it's <laughs> you know one thing I, I think i've noticed like by listening to people talk about dream interpretation is even the secular kind of interpreters mm-hmm. still go back to the bible mm-hmm. as their like basis for how they interpret the dreams a lot of times they they use that you could tell that that's where they're they're starting from mm-hmm. is where they're taking their interpretations and they keep going back and forth and actually mentioning a lot of times so it's interesting mm-hmm. to to see that a group of people that might be like oh no i would never read the bible but they're still using that structure yeah that's that's been there for a th- couple thousand years or so or more they're still using it yeah just that discovery process and what i was trained in came through a man named john paul jackson he he passed away a few years ago but he really studied dreams again and he studied it um biblically but he studied um the Jungian. i'm not sure if i'm saying that right yin yang no young. <laughs> the youngians like carl young yes oh that interpretation the youngians yeah the jungians yeah the jungians that's, that's my, my honky interpretation. Yeah, that is spelling, de- so. that's definitely. But everyone can look it up and find out a junkian. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, that sounds racist it's, now. It's so. definitely not way, the way Scott said it. Yeah. Yeah, he ripped me apart once. I was like, Carl Jung. He's like, it's young. I'm like, okay, easy, dude, fine. I don't know the guy. So people can actually find more if they're interested in dream interpretation. Mm-hmm. I would recommend looking up. Um, John Paul Jackson's. There's several on YouTube, and there's some good ones out there. But you can kind of when you can sense it. We are spiritual people, and we've all had situations where we start to listen to something. We're like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and other things where we're like, hmm, something mm. ain't right about that. So yeah, that does happen quite often, especially in our day and age. Yeah, we have a lot to sift through. That is very true. Yeah, I filter. I just filter. He does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's painfully optimistic about a lot of things that no one should be optimistic about and that's fine you know you don't have it your way bk style but you always have to have hope wow hope's an anchor wow (laughs) get me out of this anyway um To start things off, I have some stories that are premonition dreams that kind of, you know, we don't know the beliefs of anyone that has shared these stories, that they're just kind of interesting. So we don't really have any kind of context or backstory out of anything. These are just people that share their experiences and they lead to something that happens in the future. And I figured we can go over these as kind of like the appetizers before we hop into some of the listener stories and stuff like that regarding this topic. When I said fake earlier, it was just joking. I'm going to cut this out so people think that you... No, because time is a flat circle. So and we're back premonitions could work okay (laughs) 
Now you have it. Now you have the the God's honest truth right there. From Russ Cole. Yeah, he's watching the first 48. Is that what it was called? True Detective. True Detective. Yeah, he's watching True Detective again. Season one. Season one, if you needed a reference. Uh, I'm going to get into some of these premonition dreams unless you all have anything to add. No, I'll be. I'm sure you're like, please shut up, Christian. (laughs) This first one is from just another gamer, and it's called The Nightmare Cave. And this was actually the first one that I grabbed for this episode because it really did terrify me as I was reading it. And it opened up just a ton of curiosity within me. This already fills young in. Okay. Isn't that where the cave comes from? You're asking the wrong guy, man. I can't even say the guy's name, so it's fine. <laughs> it's a, This is a little longer, but it's a good one. And he starts with, I don't know if I would say the only possibility is paranormal, but it was a damn weird dream. I've had several dreams similar to what I'm posting. I've been a caver in Florida for about 13 years since I was about six and have been to a lot of caves. Never been afraid before this to go in one. When I was about seven or eight years old, I started having this reoccurring dream. I would have it at least twice a year, always the same, even though I would realize I was dreaming after the first few iterations. I would fall asleep and dream of being in a cave and going into this little hole in the bottom. Inside, I would see a 10 to 15 foot long corridor about two to four feet high. At the end, it would always turn left and I always saw a bent red stop sign at the end, like someone ripped off the top two feet and tossed it in. But I would always follow the corridor. I would turn and walk past the sign despite being scared, despite many times knowing what was there, and the corridor would start descending, quickly opening up into a large vertical chamber with the path leading down and a corkscrew. Everything became blurry at this point, but it was always the same. I saw trash scattered on the walls. I saw the pit leading down to a curved floor. I saw things, undefined animals or people or something else at the bottom, and I saw my family each with one of the things being tortured and killed every time and I could never do anything. After I saw that I would be stuck for a few seconds until I felt more and saw everything turn and look at me and I would wake up. Not like a normal dream where you just drift to consciousness or a nightmare where you bolt up in fear but like something pushed me out like I wasn't supposed to be there. So I have this dream multiple times a year until I turn 15. My father decided to take us to some caves we never had been before one of which was Dog Drop. It was likely named so because someone either threw their pet in there or a coyote fell in and the body was later discovered. What a very dark way to name a cave, first of all. What happened here? Someone threw their dog in there. Oh, Dog Drop sounds good. Yeah. People were mean to dogs back in the day. It is Florida. Um, Dog Drop (laughs) had a roughly 30-foot rappel straight down to enter. I went down with my brother while my father waited up at the top. There was a hole in the ground. I started to feel uneasy, though I didn't know why, so I followed my brother into the hole. I felt worse as I moved down, and when I looked up, I saw the same corridor, the same turn, the same wall, the same bottles at the corner, and I instantly was hit with this overwhelming sense of nausea and fear and being watched, and everything was screaming at me to leave. I froze and must have made some noise because my brother turned around and asked what was wrong. I managed to say I wanted to leave now and climbed out as quickly as I could, followed immediately by my brother. We packed up and left, never have gone back and never will. I haven't told anyone what actually happened, just said I wasn't feeling well, and they forgot pretty quickly. The thing that really makes it creepy for me is I have never had that dream again. Year after year, I would have it consistently, but it just stopped after that, and I still remember it all. And I still feel afraid, almost as an external fear, when I think of it. 
Why would somebody like go caving if they've never gone caving anyway? That's like the scariest thing in the world. If you read a story like this and the guy was having like recurring dreams about it, and then he actually goes and sees this cave, people are dumb and curious and that's all it takes. That's how you die. That is how you die. And that's, I don't know. Or the demons will get you, especially when you're dealing with the cave. Everybody knows caves are are close to demons. Sure. Closer to demons, maybe. I mean, who... Who's to say? Well, I think it's a very, very interesting dream. And it's really cool because if you think think back about our conversation before we went into this, we mm. talked about paying attention to what you're sensing. You know, if you're yeah. sensing not to do something, not to do it. If you're sensing, go ahead. You know, we were just talking about that very thing. And then you, you read a dream where he's going against his feelings. Mm. So what's interesting is he had this reoccurring thing. And in his dream, he keeps going, even though there's a stop sign, even though he has all this hesitation, he keeps going, he keeps going, he keeps going. And he wakes up petrified and it reoccurs. But when he actually goes, what happens is he reaches that certain point and he makes the decision to stop Mm. and he turns around and leaves and then he doesn't have the dream anymore. So the dream is actually an incredible lesson in pay attention to what you're sensing. We're spiritual beings. We can sense good from evil, mm-hmm. you know, right from wrong. We can sense those things and we can dull our senses if we keep pushing against it and keep, you know, pushing to, you know, to go deeper into the cave, so to speak. But instead to stop when we have that feeling and to listen to it, because that's, you know, it's almost a built-in protection that God has given us. So that's an incredible dream. So you think he would have died if he kept going? No, I don't think he would have died what i'm saying is that he was going against all of his senses telling him to stop even in the dream he kept pushing the envelope pushing it pushing it like we do and you know you think about it there's different times in my life where i've just you know i've jumped out of an airplane and i mm. would do these different things and um didn't even have a parachute it was really weird yeah it was a weird choice it was and there's more to that story which i told you recently but oh, yeah. <laughs> but then i just started thinking oh i'll do this i'll do that and and i was kind of pushing caution to the wind and and i think there can be that sense of when you're a daredevil, you just keep pushing it, pushing it instead of going, you know, maybe I should be more careful on this. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm usually pretty cautious with everything in life. The cave would just be, the cave, I think, was metaphorical in a lot of ways, right? It's mm-hmm. like your cave might not look anything like a cave, but that's that that like kind of path you have to go down or, or look into. Maybe even choices. Yeah. 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 And you, like that stop sign to me almost seemed obvious. Like, okay, your dream is telling you something very specific. Mm-hmm. But isn't it weird that he saw the exact cave? Like it's the exact same cave that was from his dream. And then after that, he never had that dream again. I don't feel like that's weird because I think we've all had some type of experience that is similar to that. I mean, they have deja vu for that Mm -hmm. just because it's similar to where like I've experienced this before and there's no way you could have. So in this case, I don't know what that. There's a fly in here. Yeah. Um, But um, I don't know where I was going with that. But Well, thanks, fly. You did it. Yeah. That fly is from the cave. It's trying to keep me from experiencing. I don't know. Yeah, I got stuck on the, you know, he pushes past everything and then he sees undefined animals or creatures, you know, torturing his family and they're all dying. And Mm -hmm. then they all stop and look at him at the same time and he wakes up like that's creepy. That's a creepy vibe. I don't know. Like so to to have that dream over and over at least twice a year and then go to a cave where it looks exactly like that. Like, yeah, I I feel like that's just proof that there's something, you know, everybody has a different name for it, but it's there's something in this world that has meaning that we are usually connected to Mm -hmm. or we're always trying to connect to it, but it's really hard helps us in, in this world. 
Mm-hmm. And you can take it from whatever angle you want to take it, but there's things that guide us or sometimes like put a stop sign in front of us and tell us, you better go a different way. Mm-hmm. You're going to get yourself in trouble. And because his family was there, the dream could symbolize that there's things in his family line. We all have things in our family line that are not so good. Mm-hmm. And so it could be a heads up dream just to say, look, there's some things in your family line. Don't push through to those things, but make different choices that you do have a choice in how you live your life. So it can be those things that you want to keep in a cave, you know, hidden. That's awesome. That's, that's where awesome sometimes that's be. where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If you confront them, it's, it's only fun. It's the cave keeps popping up. Cause I was watching a, a something on star Wars last night, like a, a YouTube wow. video talking about caves. Ah- Ahsoka and caves are really big in star Wars. That's yeah. like the major part of the first trilogy. And, and it is exactly talking about something similar to this. Like, yeah, be careful what you find in that cave. And that will lead us right into mm-hmm. another one from Galaxy Nugget. Great name. Not really. Sure. You were just talking about Star Wars. Why not? Yeah, that's <laughs> Star Wars would have a better name. Wow. I've lovingly titled Recurring Nightmare of a Ranch Style Home. Not super spooky, but in these economic times, I guess kind of, kind of topical. What's a ranch style home? Is that like, um, if you say something about ranch dressing. No. Is okay. that like the Kevin Costner TV show, their home? I think they have like a mega ranch style home, I'm sure. But okay. yeah, it's kind of. I, I always know. think of it as a one story. Yeah, pretty okay. much. It's like a nice little. Yeah. After a hard day of work on the fields, you, you don't want to go upstairs. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Very or smart. even go out into the fields. Very ever, smart so. thinking. It says, I have this reoccurring nightmare of a raised ranch style home that looks and feels really normal, but the bottom floor is pitch black. Something tells me that I have to go through that floor to get out of the house, but every time I step into the black, I start to suffocate. It feels like a person is trying to murder me. Sorry, YouTube, there goes that. And almost succeeds every time. I feel like I'm actually being strangled when I wake up, which is terrifying. But I didn't really think anything of it until I walked into the exact house I was seeing in my nightmares. I felt utter dread, confusion, etc. I stayed there for a few days. It was an in-law's house that we were pet-sitting for, a house that I had never seen before, even in photos, but never went downstairs. The nightmare went away after that and hopefully never comes back, but it was super weird and creepy, and I'm still nervous to go back there. So again, you have a nightmare of something that you've never seen before, and you step into this house and you're like, oh my god, it's the exact same house, same layout, same everything, or the nightmare that has been recurring i'm raising my arms in confusion it makes sense to me sure it does yeah i mean sure why not would you elaborate on how it makes sense to you because i feel like your dreams are always telling or you're either it's either telling you something or you're supposed to be learning something it's just part of the process but this is like a premonition style i've never seen this i'm walking into a building that i've never seen the inside of and oopsie daisy looks exactly like my nightmares isn't that weird i i have views on that and it goes back to time as a flat circle okay but we're talking you watching that show again but we're we're talking we're but we're talking dreams so i uh I want to hear what your mom has to say about it. There you go. Yeah, again, I think it's similar to the previous one in that there's those things that are hidden. You know, basement, that's another area where we don't go down to, you know, it's... They are creepy. Yeah, and that's what the the notorious symbolism of a Mm. dark basement is. There's something going on down there that you don't want. And so I think that... um, it sounds what I'm sensing is the dreamer is spiritual, is has that ability to pick up on things and sensed and knew. And then when was there, you know, there are things that happen in homes that that go on that 
we don't know about, but we can pick up and we can sense them. And so for, it's almost like an answer to what they were feeling, you know, when they had their nightmare. Mm. It's the dream revealed to them. Yes, there are places, there are areas that we don't go into. And once they acknowledge and see it and experience it, because you think about it, you can learn something, Mm. but once you experience it, it stays with you. But this is the, like this is this person's in-laws house, right? So why would this person be dreaming about it specifically? Like what is their purpose behind? Why do they need to know this information? Is there something going on with that family? Is there something evil going on in the house that maybe on like a spiritual level or something that they're supposed to share with the family? Because it seems weird that some like random disconnected relative. If it's the in-laws, maybe this person's just worried that the in-laws won't accept him or her. So that's just maybe it seems a little milk toast for this podcast, Christian. But what is milk mm-hmm. toast? Basic, bland, vanilla. Oh, so you want me to come up with something really yeah, crazy? spicy? Oh. Give me something that's like the demons are coming out of the basement and they're gonna. Check I mean, this some, out. sometimes it's not demons. Hmm. Sometimes it's just something milk toasty. If sometimes, that's how you say it. Sometimes we're the demons, right? There you go. Well, and, and I think with the them going to the home, it can be it can be for prayer that sometimes you it's not when you have a nightmare about someone, you know, you don't go and tell them, hey, I had a dream that you died and this is how it happened. And mm-hmm. you go into this deep, long thing. You don't put that on someone else because dreams are symbolic, but they also can be for prayer. So the person could have had the dream. Then they go to the in-laws and it's like, OK, this is there's something to pray for the in-laws. You know, something in the basement or something that's down there that just needs, that God needs to take care of. They don't need to know the specifics of it. They don't need to know, you know, the details and be bogged down in that. But they can take it to prayer and take it to God who, you know, will take care of whatever the situation is that's stark. But what of the curiosity? Sometimes you... you the curiosity, man. I mean, you and we've, know. Like we've talked me, about it before, but sometimes... Know. And I just recently heard somebody talk about this, but sometimes curiosity gets you to the point where you know something that maybe you shouldn't know Mm. or you or that damages you by knowing, even though that's what you were seeking the whole time. Sometimes curiosity takes you too far. And I think some things are supposed to be unknown and it's safer for us that way. Mm. You can't unknow it, can't unsee it. Yeah, it is. I'm a very visual person, so I kind of watch what I watch because it yeah. will flash back all the time and I see I do see things. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, everyone watches what they watch, but um, <laughs> I watch what I watch. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm careful what I watch. Yeah. yeah. That's um, your son. <laughs> no, he's got you got yeah. me. And then, you know, the other thing is that the the saying curiosity killed the cat is you know, they came up with those sayings for reasons. But do you know like, what the, the last half of that saying is? Do you know what the last tell half of that is? Do you know what it is? Nope, I'm, I'm excited uh, here. It's something something brought it back. So curiosity killed the cat and uh, something something brought it back. So yeah. it's pretty much like having that itch scratched is what is what you need. You need, like if you're curious about it, you're like, okay, what is this? And then when yeah. you find out, you're like, ah, yes. You know, and, and I agree, kind of agree with that sometimes. I mean, we do need curiosity. Yes. But you got to be careful. It's like uh, that saying that goes around for like, it goes in the, the, the superhero genre a lot, but it also like, please talk about it is don't become the monster you're hunting. Because mm. it's, it's when you get to that point, you're, you're walking a, a, in a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. But you know, the last half of that quote, what? It's definitely a good idea to become the monster you're hunting sometimes. I mean, maybe, but you making that one up. <laughs> Does that feel forced? No. It did, but yeah. yeah. But I'm like, maybe at times, yeah. But uh, again, yeah. You, sometimes you push it too far in what we're trying to get to, and it it 
it has the wrong effects, I yeah, think. Yeah, it goes back to that sensing that, mm. that sometimes we yeah. do face our fear, we push through, we do discover new things. And some some dreams that seem like nightmares are actually, you know, something that you're running away from that actually, once you step into it, it won't be scary, like public speaking. Mm. Everybody's afraid of public speaking. So um, that's just an example of facing your fear. And then once you do it, it could be very positive. I guess. If you're one of those people. Yeah, I am not. I'm not afraid of public speaking, but I'd rather die than do it. There's a part of me that just wants to do it all the time. You don't say. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, once you step into it, it's super, super uncomfortable or scary, overwhelming. But once you step into it and start to read a crowd, it's very fascinating. It's yeah. very fascinating to watch the ones that fall asleep and the ones that are on the edge of their seat. You know, <laughs> you get the whole mix. You're like, okay, I'll speak to this side yeah. of the room. Yeah. And there's always somebody that you're boring. I think, you, you, yeah. you're, you know, almost, I mean, I'm sure there's like these sweet spots, but you can't reach everybody. Yeah. So we'll do one that's a recurring sacrificial nightmare. That sounds Ooh. nice and tasty. Yeah. That's from a uh, frustrated squid, I guess. Wouldn't they all be frustrated because they're much smarter than humans, but nobody believes that. <laughs> <laughs> It goes, in my late teens, I had nightmares quite frequently that may not be the most accurate term, but it fits to me. They were semi-lucid dreams insofar as I knew I wasn't awake, but I couldn't control what was happening. The nightmares were always different experiences, but I had the same objective in each one. Save as many people as I can from what's happening. People around me would be dying from a fire or being shot or a wild animal would be killing them, and I would have to sacrifice myself to try and save them. The thing was, there was always this thing in my dreams with me. Once it was a doctor with no face. Another time it was a bear. I even remember it being the front door to a house once. That seems like the least scary of all of those. Whatever it was, it always had the same foreign feeling. I don't think I created it in my mind. I honestly think it came in. It would always be in the wrong place at the wrong time and hinder my objective in the nightmare. This thing would ensure my nightmare took the worst turn possible, then I would get sacrificed in some way and die. I wouldn't wake up like you normally do when the, quote, bad thing gets you. It would continue until I experienced my own death, pain included. Then I'd stand up as a ghost, maybe, I don't know. I still don't quite understand how or why, and just have an overwhelming need to scratch myself somewhere. I'd claw at my leg or back or face, and the dream would end shortly after that. The next morning, I'd wake up to scratch marks on my body where I scratched myself in the dream. It always freaked me out, but then the dreams went away. Then one night, I had a really bad one. I couldn't die. I couldn't scratch the itch, and I was getting afraid. My wife... Sorry. I burped. Wow. I tried to keep it quiet. Way to take everyone out of the story, Christian. (laughs) Uh, My wife, girlfriend at the time, tried waking me up. She says I wouldn't wake up, but I was crying. I vividly remember her waking me up and me being unable to move with a giant shadow looming over our bed. I don't think I'll ever forget feeling that helpless. I told her about it the next morning and came clean about the scratches. She had asked about them before. After that night, though, I didn't have the nightmares anymore. They just went away. Last year, I found out my wife had talked to the father at her church who agreed to come to our apartment and bless the place. I guess he spent 45 minutes in the bedroom and she said she had an uneasy feeling the whole time. I can't say it was paranormal and not just my imagination and me scratching myself in my sleep, but the piece that just bugs me so much is him blessing our place without my knowledge and the nightmare going away after that. I'm not exactly a religious man, but what the actual fuck? 
I'm shaking now and need to stop writing. The end. You didn't have to add the curse word in there. Well, neither did he, but he did. And I'm not a liar, though. I have many things, but a liar is not one. Oopsie. Sorry. Oh, and then you, go, then you go from that word to oopsie. Hell yeah, man. Contradictions. I like you. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. It's wild. Full stop. <laughs> no, I don't. We know you've read that uh, dream more than once. Twice now. Yeah. Uh, no, it's creepy because the, I don't know, like number one recurring nightmares are awful and nobody wants them. And to have that, but then not just die in your dream and pop up, but to die in your dream and feel the all the pain of that and then waking up as like a ghost in your dream and looking down at your dead self and be like, mm -mm -mm. like before you actually wake up and then waking up with scratches, waking up with scratches. Sure, you could scratch yourself in your sleep. Happens all the time, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. most people don't feel that pain in their dreams. And that's what's creepy to me is that this person, every time he would have this dream, he would die. At some point, the dream would go horribly wrong. He would die, but he would feel that pain. And I feel I like know. he's rep repressing something. Well, and I'm wondering too. Did it, did he say? I don't remember that the dreams just happened when they were in in that house, or did he have them before that, or was it just that house? It, it kind of sounds like it. Maybe it was just the house because then when the father came over and blessed, the, yeah, didn't and, have them anymore. I mean, he said in my late teens, I had nightmares quite regularly. So. It could be something that followed him. If it, if it is some kind of entity of some kind, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It is kind of because later in the story, he talks about his wife. So unless they were together when they were in the late teens and then now they're married. How he came clean about the scratches. So mm -hmm. he's, yeah, that means he's covering something. If he, it, why wouldn't he just tell her at the beginning? Yeah, I scratched myself when I sleep. What, yeah. what, what are you covering him that he scratches yeah. himself? No, I think what <laughs> like, he was covering is I think he thinks something scratched him. And mm -hmm. he was, I think the whole supernatural feel of it just yeah. freaked him out. The supernatural of the of the dark things and then the supernatural of the father coming over and blessing the home. Both right. of the powers of the supernatural are overwhelming to him. Yeah, the blessing thing I can understand with, if everything stopped after that and you're like, wait, so what was that then? Mm -hmm. You know, was it just a nightmare or because we've talked about stories where entities follow people from house to house. You know, we've, we've talked about different things like that. And uh, and it's creepy to think about, you know, no, thank you. But why is it creepy if it stopped, though? Well, because it could start up again. You never know. I think it's an invitation for him to go deeper in mm -hmm. the experience of the positive, you know. Yeah. OK, if there's, you know, there's that's one thing I've discovered, too. Well, I think we all have is a genuine versus counterfeit. Yeah. Is that there are genuine spiritual experiences on the positive side and then there's a counterfeit that that makes us feel super uncomfortable mm. and for him to discover that what happened could be taken care of and prayed away is pretty powerful yeah if you choose to believe that going forward some mm -hmm. people would hear that and then it's like yeah what a weird coincidence that was anyway back to my mm -hmm. witchcraft and shamanism yeah you know, and then knows, back I mean. to the scratches and back to the other stuff and then hey mm. could you call that <laughs> Call that guy back in, take yeah. care of it. And I think that we do have our own experiences and we have our own process of discovery and yeah. get get our own choices, which is powerful. Which I think would go back to you saying that like the, the person you're interpreting in a dream for, it's it's their dream. So they determine when you're, if mm -hmm. you're accurate yes. because it's their own personal experience. And that's, I think sometimes when a lot, especially a lot of people that are podcasting or doing shows about dreams are kind of making it general, like a generalization of it. And it, it, this is what everybody dreams like, instead of like every individual dreams di differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like they experience life differently. It's, it's not a, it's, it's everybody has their own way. 
It is pretty powerful because you think since the beginning of time, there's only been one you. Yeah. How many billions of people have there been and there's only one you? And yet we all have our own unique dream language, which I believe God knows because he created us. And so he knows our language. He knows our experiences and he speaks to us in that way. And he's not worried about us needing to explore different things in life. Yeah. He's well capable of, you know, bringing us along and giving us dreams that will help direct us, give us choices, give us experiences. Because that's that's the powerful thing about a dream, that you can learn things, learn lessons, um, <laughs> go through things that when you wake up, oh, I don't need to live that out. Because it feels so real, you know. Yeah. Have you ever had a dream where it just feels so real that you think when you wake up that it happened? Yeah, I mean, there's multiple. It's usually like someone passing away or something like that. I've had I mean, dreams where I make horrible decisions and I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy I was dreaming because that was just yeah, not going to be good. Yeah, What was I thinking? Yeah, exactly. Now, most of the time, the, the creepy stuff is what I see after the dreams or anything like that. Like that's, But that doesn't happen too often anymore. Like I said, since being out here, I've really only seen a couple things. And both of them were around China, which is definitely creepy. But, you know, whatever. Cities have a lot more energy. Some of mm -hmm. it's going to be bad energy. Yeah, that must be it. In Las Vegas? Plenty of energy, yeah. And most of it not good. Yeah, actually, like in Vegas, and I we talked about it on a video recently, but when that whatever was in my apartment for that time, I had a dream that there was a shadow person or whatever standing in the doorway and like stood there for a few seconds, came a little closer and then lunged and started choking me out. And I woke up not being able to breathe for like 30 seconds or some shit. Like, or at least it felt like 30 seconds. Could have been like 10, 15. Yeah, that was spooky. And that was a dream or I will call it a nightmare. But Absolutely. it hasn't, hasn't yeah. happened since. So. Mm -hmm. I agree that we are, you know, we, we're almost like antennas. We pick up this, the atmosphere going on around us mm. and we do pick up things and, and we need to pay attention to that. Yeah. That's why you don't be so angry at people sending bad stuff out there. You're you're polluting. If you think that I'm just randomly being angry at passersby, I, <laughs> I assure you I'm not. Every one of them has earned and deserved of that title. Maybe. So they get what they get. What if they're going through something and what they didn't I'm mean going to? Through something? They didn't think about that? Maybe we, mm. should, maybe we should all think about that more often. Yeah. Let's all take a moment to think about what we're going through. And, and, what, and, what, uh, folks. and what others are going through. There you go. I do have a dream, if you want me to share it, that um, go for it. that I got from a person and it kind of speaks to this. It says, last night I had a nightmare. In the dream, my husband and I were sleeping and I heard something in the kitchen. I shook my husband awake and he jumped up and went into the hallway and then reached back into the room to grab a baseball bat. And then there was just this sound of a bat crashing, yelling and blood spattering. Then I woke up. I would have brushed it off as a nightmare. But when I told my husband about it, he said, that is weird. I've been thinking about getting a bat for self-defense. So the dreamer was pretty disturbed and um, asked me what it meant. And it, it's basically that very thing, is the dreamer was picking up in the atmosphere what her husband was thinking about doing and had a dream that lived it out. Hmm. So that's basically a simple interpretation. And I think that that happens. I mean, I had a, um, a person say, what does this dream mean? I dreamt my daughter was driving up the driveway in a red truck and then pulled and I looked out the window and saw her and I said, well, what do you think it means? And she said, well, today my daughter drove up in a red truck and parked outside in the driveway. And I go, yes. So that goes I to like there those. there might be something there. Yeah. <laughs> was, I don't think there's anything deeper, but sometimes I think we do just pick on, pick up on almost like the news of what's going on around us, you know? Yeah. Well, and we talked about a little bit off off the air dream transference a little bit like well we we're driving to anchorage one day i think can we talk about that we've we've touched on it but i really dog. wanted yeah that's the best 
story that I've ever heard about dreams and dream transference, but um, you now you have to tell that one. Yeah, you do because just the the brief version of it was pretty much this man every night or at least a few nights a week he'd be having a dream that he would walk into his house and floor to ceiling would be like the best cuts of meat and beef and sausages, pretty much anything you can think of. And he was like, "Man, why do I keep having this weird dream about the just floor to ceiling stacked high with chicken, turkey, sausage, the whole the whole nine. And uh, he realized that he was only having this dream when his dog would sleep in the bed with him and like be touching him in some way, like laying on him. Like when he woke up from that dream, he'd see his dog is laying on him. And so the idea that this dog is actually having dreams of a floor to ceiling prime beef cuts is hilarious and that he passed that on to his owner and i have had like since i sleep next to atlas a lot there's been times where if i don't do certain rituals before bed i will dream of the craziest thing and i'm like what the hell was that like there was one i had where like and he was probably like six months old or something but like there was like a fence that was made of worms and it was like and like everything in the dream was so weird that i, I just kept looking around like where am i <laughs> like this does not make sense but I woke up and, you know, he's resting on me. And I don't know if he's having weird dreams like that. But if he did, he, they definitely didn't make sense. So if they didn't make sense to me, they definitely didn't make sense to him. He's like, oh, yeah, the old worm fence. You ain't, you, ain't, you know the one. I've had, uh, and even a couple of days ago, I had one that I woke up and, like, I was like, that is such a weird dream that I need to write this down. And then I read it later and I'm like, not a lot of that makes sense. Because I was so just out of it while I was trying to type on my phone that, like, half the words aren't the words I was trying to make. I'm like, okay, now I got to piece this together. But it did end with someone like shaking me awake and like walking out of my son's room, which is where I was sleeping at the time. And so I was confused. Like, did someone but in that was in the dream? They shook me awake in the dream. I went downstairs and it was because Adriana had come to visit and you wanted to surprise me or something. It was the strangest thing. And I was like, I don't know how I ended from like an abandoned warehouse to my son's room and cohesive and everything. Nothing felt out of place. Yeah, dreams are weird. I don't have too many dreams these days, though. Thankfully, but you're not getting enough sleep. Yeah, I guess sleep is usually required for dreaming, but that's beside the point. I think um, we may have to do another one of these. Like, you're coming back out in December, and so mm -hmm. we can probably plan for another one. Okay, And that just kind of, like, touch up on this a little bit. Because I do have more stories, and I know you have stories as well mm -hmm. that we can kind of work into. Uh, I'm just turning off my iPad because I heard it. Sorry. Sorry. So, so, yeah, we can plan a, sep a separate one. But for the time being, I'm going to start playing some of these voicemails for folks to... And I think Heather must have picked up on the fact we we're talking about it because she just responded to my text from like three weeks ago. <laughs> so what's up, Heather? Yeah, that would be great. It would be awesome, too, to get feedback from the dreams that we talked about today. Mm, yeah. And Christian did send me some dreams that would be good to talk over. That's true. Yeah. So you can definitely ponder. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, we may be able to get to some. I, we don't have a ton of emails, but we do have a few. This might be a longer episode. Yeah, you know how I love editing those, don't you? <laughs> Somewhere, Melanie is out there being like, it's my luckity day. My luckity, luckity ding dong day. There you go. <laughs> Making up words. Love it. Always. First one is from uh, Brenda, your old coworker. Oh. She did email us a nice little dream. And this doesn't so much need interpretation, but it is just sharing with us. And very interesting that you might have some opinions on. Hi, Brenda. Hello, Brenda. Hi, Brenda. <laughs> is she in the room with us right now? No. Maybe. I don't know her life. Ooh. All right, so let's see if this actually... I really should have poured coffee before we got into here. Go ahead. I'll get coffee later. I'm dying of a thirst. Thanks for sharing that with us, yeah. Can I interest you in a can of beans in these trying times? There's one right up there. All right, so this... Uh, are, you, are you good? Do you need... Do no, you want to go fine. get some? Are you sure? I got coffee right here, but I'm fine. Okay. Weird. So yeah, we're going to get into some voicemails now. This first one is from Brenda, and we're going to play it for you on the show. 
Let's pretend that she's calling in as we're recording. Brenda, you're on the line. No. Welcome to the show. Guys, it's Brenda Harkness. I am calling because I have a dream for Scott's mom. Let me back up to my grandmother. Whenever she would dream about fish or frogs, someone in the family was pregnant. And she knew it. She would just tell everybody, okay, I had a dream. And somebody would fess up and say, it's me. I'm pregnant. Well, she is long gone from this world. Rest her soul. And when I had a dream about both fish and frogs, I got on the phone right away to tell my sister. And her daughter was on the line with us and (laughs) said to her mom, shall we tell her? (laughs) It wasn't that niece that was pregnant, but her sister. So it was just kind of cool. They were planning a baby shower and the dream still held its significance. I don't know if it needs interpretation, but I thought it was worth telling, especially how it came down generationally. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great day. Your podcast is great. Sending much love all the way from Texas. Bye for now. Thank you, Brenda. You are a rock star. There you go. So what do you think about that? I think that is an awesome dream, Brenda. I love it. And I love how it definitely speaks to a generational gifting that your grandmother had to sense things that go on in the family, especially births and new things. And to have that gift passed on to you is incredible. And we, even as we listen to it, we could sense the joy in your voice and the discovery of not only your niece being pregnant, but that you knew ahead of time. You wondered, followed it through and found out, yes, she's pregnant. That's just pretty, that's that's really cool. That's pretty wild. Frogs. Yeah. That's an interesting symbol. That is a little interesting. Mm -hmm. What was the other one? Fish. Fish and frogs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't dream about those things too often. So it most, and I'm sure most people don't. So I'm sure it'd be pretty much like a Mm -hmm. beacon at that point. But I had a weird dream about fish or, or frogs or both. That's true. And that's what's interesting is that was the symbolism her grandmother was familiar with. And because her grandmother had that and shared that experience that Brenda also knew immediately what the dream meant. Or sensed what it meant and then found out, yep, that's what it was. It's very cool. Very cool indeed. Christian, you have any thoughts on that? I was trying to look up the frog symbology or that. Don't look up the frog symbology. Symbolism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty interesting. That sounds terrifying. And you haven't even said anything yet. It's it's from different places. So one is that frogs are considered suggestive of death and torments of the damned. Wow. Yeah, great story, Brenda. Yeah. Thanks for sending that over. Well, that shows you how how off base that some of the dream dictionaries, like yeah. when I teach dream interpretation, I really say there's there's about 20 common dreams that I'll share that everybody have. You know, mm. your house, you live in your house. If you dream about a house, it's often about your life. And there's other common, but if you go to dream dictionaries, they're, yeah, that, that they're doesn't so seem, way off. Yeah. And they, they cripple you in being able to interpret. It is really, especially because we're left-brained Western mindset, we tend to just want an easy you know, dictionary, look it up, oh, that's what it is. But dreams are about the symbology, the metaphoric of it. And and so we, we each have our own language and to develop, to develop it like Brenda, her grandmother, you know, yeah, frogs and fish. What somebody puts in a dictionary, because that's ridiculous anyway. That's like, oh, oh, uh, yeah. Well, I've heard stories of death, and yeah, yeah. I've heard stories of witches using toad something in their their mm-hmm. mixtures. Obviously, they're evil. That's basically what that dictionary is kind of saying. It took like and this really basic, simple story and made it like this is everything. This is what negative, the frog yeah. means. Now, yeah. I hear someone screaming while driving to work, listening to this episode, being like, "What does it mean when I can't run fast?" 
is that one of the basic ones you cover? Like when you're being chased, slow motion? yeah, slow motion, yeah, yeah being slow motion or yeah, being chased is mm. that there's something hindering you. You're trying to move forward and and you're being hindered in moving forward. And so when uh, you know, as a spiritual person, when when I would pray for the dreamer to whatever is holding them back and hindering them to um, be released from it and be released to run at full speed ahead. Also, it gives it's almost like a heads up dream where you have that you wake up and you think, OK, you, you reflect on your life. Where am I being held back? What am I being? And then you can take action to mm-hmm. to press through or persevere through a situation or, you know, it can be frustrating, too, if you're trying to. Yeah, I used to have them a lot at the house. Like mm-hmm. uh, I would have a dream that like, you know, the the pathway, like how the driveway, it kind of curves a little bit to go to the front door. That yeah. tiny curve section right there is where I would be standing. And I don't know what was chasing me. I don't know what was happening, but I knew I had to get to the door, which is like 10 feet away, you know, and I could not do it. I was running so fast. I'm like, how is this thing moving at light speed? And I'm like running through molasses right now. And every time, like right before I get to the handle, I'd wake up because it either killed me or something fun like that. Something interesting, you know how it goes. I remember that spot. That's the exact spot where you came home from school and had your snake going in and out of your shirt that you wanted to show me. Hmm. You had yeah. a snake? Yeah. yeah. Do you know the actual full story of that? Or what? What? What's your? Because I'll give you the full story. Was do? You, what do you recall that story being? You were just you found a snake and you were. Hmm. No, I. <laughs> you found a snake in the desert. Well, you were no. you, your teacher at the time, Mister O. Right? Yeah. yeah, he had plenty of snakes, and I know they were giving snakes away. I didn't find one. I literally, I knew you guys wouldn't let me keep a snake, but I was like, if I say I found it, maybe they'll like open their hearts a little bit. But nope, had to let that poor snake go. And it was like a snake? king snake or something like that. It wasn't a king snake. It was something. It was colored it was, like that. It was like black and white. Was, I thought it was brown. Anyway, you, yeah. you're probably right. You probably was a nice snake, but. There's no, no nice such snake. Th- there's no such thing as a this nice snake. A, dude, you know me. I'm terrified of everything on this earth. That was a nice snake. <laughs> okay. It was a nice snake. It was very yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I, I was like, damn it. I didn't say that because I was like 10 fifth, or whatever. I was fifth like, fifth grade, yeah. Dang it. But you know how it goes. A snake to me is like bees to you. Well, and sure. everybody knows that pet snakes always at one Eat point get out of the cage. Yeah. Mm. And they're around the house somewhere. I just wasn't ready for that. Yeah. I've had I I coached a kid whose snake got out and it, it would always it would always get out and then one time he's telling me because I coached him for like a few years and he uh, told me it got out and then months went by and he's like the snake came back like it's been like four months where's your snake's been yeah, yeah. it never left it I don't know but it just came back to my room it like, came back but my cat's missing now I don't yeah. Know what happened. yeah no weird I I've had like a recurring type of dream. That I can probably throw out there. That throw it out there. Okay. My first off, my dreams aren't bad. Usually, they're very cinematic. It's like a little movie or something, yeah. and it feels like I'm watching it like that, or I'm experiencing it like that. But when you're, you know, when you have a boy brain, I guess I'll say it that way. You have like these military campaigns and stuff that that you know, different things, the adventures that men like to think they go can go on. But if it's a violent one, like a war. I cannot, no matter what is happening, what's supposed to happen, I cannot commit violence. Like, I, it could be hand-to-hand combat, and I'll go, go to protect myself and swing at somebody, but the last second it's like a tap. Because I can't, mm-hmm. like, even in my dreams, I hold back from that kind of violence. That yeah. Even when you're in that setting. Is it holding back or is it that you're not able to? Because I've had dreams where I'm fighting someone and every time I'm like full force no, go to hit them, it's like a tap. I'm like, I, I believe it's me holding back. Because I cannot do it. Wow. No matter 
you know, even if all of a sudden I was in the dream and say, let's just try this out. I'm not trying to hurt anybody because this is a dream that it'll be like a soft tap. It won't hurt. Mm. It won't actually injure the person or kill them or whatever some people have in their Would dreams. it kill you to let loose every once in a while? I don't know. Because I, I can't. <laughs> I think it shows a couple of things that are really incredible. It shows your heart that you're a man of compassion. And <laughs> and what as you were talking about the dream, kind of what I heard in your head is that you see different violence going on around you and you grapple with, is there's got to be a better way to deal with this. Oh, yeah. There's got to be a better yeah. way than coming to, yeah, blows and to war killing. And so that's, it's being brought to light in your dreams to process through. Does that make sense? It does. It, and it kind of feels like that's just my personality in a way. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't question it too much, but it is like the recurring thing that's ever since I can remember. Yeah. And I, in those moments of um, or in those times when you have the dream, because often the dream will surface when something's going on in your life. When you wake up, you can survey your life and look and go, what area of my life am I not wanting to confront something or not want to deal with it? You know, and what should I? Does it need to be confronted? Does it be, need to be handled in a different way? Or, you know, whatever comes right. to you. But that's that's what's interesting about dreams, too, is they, they bring what's going on into your life into a focus, a situation, so you can deal with it. Right. That makes sense. Now, as far as violence, though, I played hockey. Yeah, and you're a bit of an instigator, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, so I don't know. Like, hockey, it's fine. But I think it's just because it's a game. Mm -hmm. It's not real life. I think that's the only reason I can play a little aggressive in hockey, because I, I don't believe it's a real life. It's just a game. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, we're all having fun. But you want to win. Yeah. So, but then in the dreams or in my, in my real life, I'm just, I don't, it's just part of me. Mm -hmm. And it must be because it keeps happening in the dreams where I'm like, nope, this is just not something you can ever do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be can. interesting the next time you have the dream to to ponder, is there something I need to confront? Is in the something? middle of trying to fight that person, be like, should I? Yeah. Well, I don't really have to. your ass handed to you. You're like, is this right? Do I really have it? I mean, I know the outcome of the fight at that point. So I'm like, do I really even need to fight him? Because I'm not wow. going to I'm not going to be able to hurt him. Hmm. I better go this way. Wow. This leads us into a three part voicemail from Marlene in Texas. Hello, Marlene. Thank you for all your contributions. Thank you for sticking up for me sometimes. Sometimes. Very rarely, but sometimes. Uh, I'm going to work producer magic on this, and I'm going to try to splice these three voicemails together as one without our listeners being able to tell a difference, except for the fact that I just told you and said that might have been a poor choice. And here we go with this, number one. This might give you bad dreams thinking about having to do this. Yes, I am a little hesitant, but, <laughs> but we appreciate you, Marlene. And we go. Hey, guys. This is Marlene. So y'all had mentioned about telling dream stories, or I guess just dreams in general. So I have crazy dreams every night, but there is one that is still like to this day gives me goosebumps. Um, this happened a couple months ago. I, well, okay, so I was, you know, dreaming. I was in my old house, which is a two-story house. That house was made in like the 1900s, like early, like literally 1900s. So it's, it's an old house. It had like French doors to separate the um, dining room and the living room. It had a fireplace, really shitty kitchen. Anyway, that's the size point. Really? Um, I guess you would need to know the basic floor plan of the house. So yeah, as soon as you walk in, it is the living room. And then you pass the French doors and there's the dining room and 
in the living room, there's another doorway to a hallway, which your first left would be a bedroom, and then the bathroom, and then another bedroom. And then straight forward is just like that little narrow hallway. And there's a doorway to go to the dining room and the kitchen at the very end. In my dream, I was sitting by the fireplace, and I always, I don't know why, but I always dream of babies. There's two two babies. They were twin boys. And I had one and my sister had one. My baby was just chilling and cool, whatever. My sister's baby was crying and was just like not paying attention to the child. And so, and I, we were young. We were, I would say we were in our teens. And I would tell my sister like, hey, you need to take care of that baby. Like the rocket sleep or something because the baby's crying. And she off at me and she's just the typical my sister is just like the the angry version of me I call her <laughs> but she scoffed at me she was, she was just like well it's not my baby if you want to like put it to sleep or whatever here you you do it and I got upset and I grabbed her baby and I rocked it to sleep and I put it down by the fireplace not in the fireplace but <laughs> by the fireplace there's little cribs there for the twins and I walked into that first bedroom and I was talking to my mom. I was like, hey, mom, my sister's being an a-hole. She's not taking care of the kid. Like, go talk to her. Go talk to your daughter. And at that moment in my dream, I, I knew I was dreaming. I, I, it, it always is like that. I knew I was dreaming. And, you know, I just played out the dream pretty much, you know, to let them think that I'm, you know, that person. I'm not awake in my dream. And so I got the chill, just full body chills. It was disgusting i felt weird um the light in the hallway started oh i'm getting chills right now it's it just freaking me out it makes my head itchy um so the light in the hallway starts flickering and i knew something bad was going to happen that's when you know something bad's going to happen the lights were flickering i was freaking out and i was just like what's going on what am i going to see what is there so i turned to the hallway because i didn't want to i turned to the hallway and i see my doppelganger She's just like in a white dress. Her head is down. Oh, she's getting chills. She's in a white dress. Her hair is down, covering her face. And she's she's not walking towards me. She's gliding. The only thing I see moving are her toes. They're the things that are walking. Like it's not her feet stepping or anything. It's just her gliding. But all I see is her toes moving like little centipedes. Like just disgusting. Gross. Weird. And she just keeps getting closer. It's like the the light flashes. You know, she's getting closer and closer. And I freak out. I'm like, Mom, do you see her? Who is that? What is she doing? They're like, we don't see anything. What are you talking about? And I'm like, who, who is that mom? Like, I'm serious. Like, I, I don't know who that is. My face is getting chilled. Um, and they're like, we don't know who, what, we don't know what you're talking about. And she comes up to me and she tilts her head back and she opens her mouth as if she's going to bite me. And I'm holding her back and I can feel her body like cold, cold, cold. Her, the clothes on her, like I could feel everything. And it, it shook me to the core. I turned her to my mom and I'm like, do you not see her? Look at her, look. And my mom's like, I don't see anything. So I grabbed the mirror and I'm like, look at her mom. And she's like, I only see you. That's you. What are you doing? You're holding a mirror. You're holding a mirror. That's you. I woke up sweating. I was like, that is not me. <laughs> what was that? And, like, I couldn't go back to sleep. But it, I woke up and fully, like, I was in my room in my in my camper. And every time I would close my eyes to try going back to sleep, I would see my face. 
of like this distorted, wide mouth creature thing. And she was just like trying to take a bite out of me, but it looked so mechanical. It was super creepy. It was, I don't know what that dreamt meant, but I've had other similar dreams, but with like twin babies. It's like, I looked up my other like twin baby dreams because when I had a female and a, and a male uh, baby and, and it was representing my yin and yang for like peace. But anyway, that was, that was one creepy dream that I had. So I hope that works for y'all because that definitely creeps the hell out of me. Bye guys. Within five years, there were one of the, the horror movies that are released at the theaters will have the, the lady in white floating across the room with centipede toes. <laughs> Just her toes crawling across. That is <laughs> creepy. Marlene, thank you for not only the message, but the dedication it takes to leave three in a row. That's some great A stuff right there. Also and, great storytelling. Indeed. I, yeah, was I like got totally a lot of visuals from that. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. So how do you feel about that, Mom? I just think that's, it's an incredible story. I wasn't, she talked about the dream took place in her old house, right? Not uh, not her new one? Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Okay. And she went into incredible description about all the rooms and how mm. there was a fireplace and all the different things. And she was by the fireplace, her and her sister by the fireplace with the babies. So earlier I talked about house being a common dream and a house mm reflecting on your life. And so the dream is about Marlene's life. It speaks about all the different rooms are, it's really incredible because she has, an, her life is filled with all different aspects of um, possibilities. Yeah. And in the dream, she has the two babies with her sister. They're by the fireplace where the fireplace, often sayings can be related in dreams. And so the fireplace is considered the heart of the home. So she has a, it reveals that she has a heart for the home. She has a heart for family. Her mom's there. She has a heart for family. And then in the midst of it shows up this doppelganger thing. And what's it doing? It's trying to bite at her. And you think about something that bites at you, words bite, you know, and so what I'm sensing about the entirety of the dream to do a simple interpretation would be that that Marlene, correct? Marlene. Yeah. Marlene has a just a high calling and destiny for her family, for her life, and that she has babies can all, also represent your giftings. Hmm. And she's not only taking care of what is her responsibility, but she takes on other people's people that are they're throwing their gifting away. She sees what people are good at and aren't utilizing, which oftentimes we can see in our family, like, you're so good at this. Why aren't you doing it? And she sees that, but she she takes the responsibility of nurturing it. So she has a high calling destiny. It reveals that she has strong supernatural abilities. That's what the, you know, the whole doppelganger and stuff. She has sent in other experiences that she's had as well, like paranormal type stuff. So yeah, that would check out. And so I would just encourage, you know, wherever she is in her spiritual journey that, yeah, there is the genuine, there's the counterfeit and just to press towards the genuine. But it it speaks that she has a high calling and destiny, that she loves people, she loves family, mm. that her her life has many facets to it. That's probably a a way to put it. And that also the biting can be something's trying to intimidate her and push her back and not reach her full potential. So Mm. I would just say, go for it, Marlene. You're you have a lot. You go, girl. Yeah, you go, girl. That's how we'll... No, she is one of our favorite listeners. She has always been very sweet and very supportive of the show. And we, for that, we commend you. We have a good lo- good little core group that communicate a lot with us and look out for us and entertain us. So it's 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 nice. Yeah. She's one of them. She is. Yeah, that's powerful. She's our field in- investigator in Texas. And she's the only one on the podcast that says y'all. Except mm-hmm. for us now. She got us saying yeah. y'all too, so... <laughs> 
So it's, it's working. She's doing it. It's contagious. She's and I, and I have found that that is a good word. It fits, fits, fits certain purposes. It does. Indeed. Yeah. So Marlene, chew on that for a little bit. <laughs> Let us know what you think, I guess. And uh, yeah. Send in more for December. Yeah. Send in more for December. And that goes for everyone listening to this show. If you like what you hear, thanks for interrupting the show and being very unprofessional, Christian. If you are a fan of what you're hearing and you've got something that you want to throw and be like, yo, I wish I missed out on this this great episode. This is probably the best podcast I've ever had and listened to in my life. And I missed out and I now never have another opportunity. I'm here to tell you, hey, chill out. Number one, eat some fruit or something. It's going to be all right. Your dreams are coming true. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's going to be another one in December. So part two will take place. Then we have one more voicemail to get to. I'm going to read an email. And then we're going to close out on a song that was sent to us. This next one, I'm not sure who it came by because I have not listened to it yet. Living on the Edge. Ooh, yeah. Oh, anyway. I don't know why I would ever say something like that. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. And here we go. I just have never known myself to say, oh, yeah. Really? Because every episode of the show, at some point you go, ooh. Can you do me a favor, though, before we get into the story? I need coffee. What am I doing? Waiting. Waiting just a second, because I can't oh. open it quietly. Okay. Well, push your mic away. We're not talking. I'm I, just playing a video or a, a voicemail. I know, yeah. but I, the, the, the lid got stuck. I was trying to do it quietly for two stories. Do that the in the lid, background yeah. of a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, don't mind the audio effects we've added into this episode. <laughs> and send in questions. Dream questions. Yeah. That's true. I mean, they can send in dream. Oh, I'm not even on the mic. Never mind. I'll shut up. Good uh, train of thought for most of the stuff we do here, Christian. A supreme being. A magical being. An ancient being. I think you should have a talk with your son after this. Fire being. <laughs> Supernatural being. Alien being. Greater beings. Being. He's not very kind. And we're back from our intermission. <laughs> Some of those asshole skeptics. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, so into <laughs> the final voicemail. Cut one of the few times I cussed. <laughs> yeah. Christian swears more than me if my mom's friends are listening. Um, I have a dream to share with you, or I guess kind of like a nightmare. So I'll just kind of start off. It happened. I've been having this reoccurring dream since I was probably a teenager. And basically what happens in the dream is I am walking up a staircase in my grandmother's house. And every time I've had the dream, it's slightly progressed or changed a little bit. But when I have the dream, I'm walking up the stairs and I go to her upstairs bedroom. And there it's almost like poltergeist where things are flying around the room and circling and it's super spooky. (laughs) very uncomfortable. It's very paranormal. And so I've had it where I've just walked up and that's what's happened. I've had it where I've gotten to the top of the stairs and been pushed back by some unseen force. I've had it where I just almost get up and then I get scared and I stop. So I'd be curious to see what that means. I've had this since I was a teenager and I'm now in my 30s. So I'd be curious to see what that dream means and why I keep having it and why it kind of keeps progressing. More recently, I've had that dream, but it was different this time. It was like I was there and a paranormal investigation team was with me. And the entire house then had a a spooky feel to it. Um, Every room felt uncomfortable and dangerous. And the paranormal investigators that were with me in the stream were like, we need to to leave. (laughs) So yeah, I would love to know what that means and why it's progressively getting worse, I guess, um, and where it's stemming from. So I appreciate all of your input. I love your guys' podcast and appreciate what you do. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you to our anonymous voicemail. I don't know who that's from, but we do appreciate you sending it in. That was awesome. Over to my mom with the weather. (laughs) With the weather. And I was curious because 
Christian said, that's awesome. What was, what were you? He oh. just loves nightmares. Oh. He loves when people have scary stuff happen to him. No, I just like when, when people share with us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a fun experience. I feel bad that people have nightmares. Mm-hmm. And, and lucky that I don't. Great A stuff right there. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I think we see again that pushing into the, there is a, such a interest these days in the paranormal. Mm. There's such an interest in pushing it. And she's, as you go upstairs, you're going higher. So she's pushing into more things. But what's interesting too is with the genuine versus the counterfeit is sometimes the the negative paranormal magnifies to seem like it's it's intimidating, it's um, powerful, it's all those things. But what the truth is, is the genuine is far more, far more powerful. And so as she's going upwards in her grandmother's house, the grandmother can speak about your generations, what's going on in your generational line. And so in the dream reveals that she has a high interest in her, what went on in her generational line. And what the dream reveals is that there's a lot of supernatural gifting, the ability to see beyond the current world. And when you can see beyond, you can, people that have that ability, often when they're younger, it comes out where they see negative things. But as you develop your gifting, the negative kind of comes down into that it doesn't have the power that it tries to magnify and and be intimidating with. But as the person grows and pushes in, that you can actually see angels and heavenly beings and other, which are, because they're different, because they're outside of our natural experience, they're scary as well. I mean, if you read through the Bible, whenever anyone encountered an angel, it was, like, ah, ah. they they yeah. basically screamed and fell like, to the chill ground. Out, chill out, hold on. Yeah. yeah, fear not, fear not. I guess there's... 365 verses, fear not, because we need one for every day of the year. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically a dream that reveals that that she has an ability. And did she say in her dream that she also could sense when she was going into the dream? Did she also say that? She didn't say she can feel it coming on. She did mention that there was times where she almost got to the top of the stairs and got scared and decided to stop. So sometimes like she, but what she did mention was that it changes. Like there's always something small that would change inside of it. Same overall concept, but something would change like, or progressively get stranger and stranger to where now last time she had it or last few times or whatever it's been, I'm sorry if I'm putting your words in your mouth, I'm just paraphrasing mm-hmm. the entire house is like this, like, and there's like a paranormal team investigating it there and things are getting so crazy that they're like, we need to leave type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the gist of it. And it it, it kind of ties in with what we talked about earlier, which you're going to have to cut this out because it just slipped my mind. <laughs> oh, about the, yeah, about the, um, you know, sensing when you're supposed to stop and then in the dream, something pushing her back, like don't, you know, and it can be something that she's pursuing for higher knowledge that isn't good for her and that, you know, she has these different signs. She's sensing I should stop. Something's pushing her back and yet she pushes forward. And so sometimes when we push forward, Again, like we said earlier, into those things that we shouldn't, bad things can happen. Hmm. And so for her to stop, take a look at, you know, genuine versus counterfeit, because she does have an, she has that ability to sense spiritual things, which is an awesome ability. And we can all grow in that, but to, but not to push the envelope in areas that aren't healthy. Which is sound wisdom for anyone out there. Don't follow. Don't, 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 don't. Don't, I can't even speak. Don't, 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 don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from the dark side. Yeah. Terrified Christian. Are you happy? No. Yeah. Was, um, <laughs> that's an interesting dream though. Like, and that's kind of, 
It's weird for me when you have the same dream over and over, but it changes a little bit. Then at that point, it doesn't feel recurring, right? Like what? it is, it's recurring in like the overall like story arch of the, the thing, but everything, small little details keep shifting. What if that's just a product of the, like the degradation of memory? Because mm. memory constantly degrades from, sure. from the very start of some, when you experience something Every time you think about it after that, it degrades slightly. Hmm. So it could be something as simple as that that changes those recurring dreams just a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, sometimes recurring dreams, you'll keep having them until you get the message of what they're what they're about. Like the earlier ones where the person had a recurring dream and then experienced, had their experience, yeah. and then it stopped. And with hers, it can also be, you know, she's having this recurring dream telling her don't. Don't keep pushing forward in this. Don't keep it. But she keeps, she's continually doing something. So it can be a warning dream to to stop. And so when she wakes up, she can look, is there an area of her life where she's pushing into something that maybe she shouldn't be? Yeah, that's not healthy for her. Paranormal thing so much. It doesn't have to be like, you're really interested in spooky ghost podcasts that are Mm -hmm. awesome and take place in Alaska. So stop listening to those. It's like that. It could be something else. It's like that you have a bad relationship and you keep having the same bad relationship. It keeps coming back into your life Mm -hmm. until you finally figure out, uh, maybe I shouldn't have those kind of relationships. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. The dream brings it to your attention so you can deal with it. And then you won't have the reoccurring dream. Or the bad relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Win-win. Yes. We have one final story, and this is Natalie. I'm sure you thought I... We have way more stories. What's going on here, Scott? We have a lot, but we're closing this episode out on this final story from Natalie. So we definitely have to do this again. Yeah, because we're pushing an hour 40 right now. So I hope you're happy, Melanie. That's fine. We'll do another one. So if you want to get your stories in there, you know, the gang at thefreakydeaky.com or leave us a voicemail at 801-997-0051. For now, I'm going to get in this story. And she did not want to give her what she thought it meant because she didn't want to influence our decisions on it. But she says, my turducken of a dream for your mom. So turducken. Wow. Fancy. It's almost that season. It's almost that season. Anyway, she says, hi, guys. I've been thinking about sending you this story for a while. I thought it would be really interesting to hear your interpretations. Scott's from a Christian perspective like mine and Christians from a devious, no good heathen perspective. I may have added a couple words. And when I started <laughs> listening to this week's episode and heard you ask for people to send in their dreams for Scott's mom, I decided this was the time. She said this dream occurred when I was about 14, give or take a year which would have made it 1989-ish. Yes, I'm old. I don't recall what time of year it was, but my family was visiting my grandma, cousins, and aunt and uncle in the St. Louis area. My middle sister and I each have a cousin our age, and we were besties back then, so there was always a slumber party at grandma's when we visited. Oh, how I miss being a kid in the 80s. And Christian misses being 55 years old in the 80s. But my cousin, that's... 80s was my day. That was your day. Yeah, my cousin, that's my age, and I slept in one of the upstairs bedrooms that night. And being teenagers, we were sleeping late the next morning. It was during this mid-morning time, after I'd already awakened at least once and heard other family members up and about, that the most bizarre dream experience I've ever had took place. I, quote, dreamed that I was in the upper corner of the bedroom, one of the corners near the head of the bed, looking down at the bed. We are aware of that perspective. That happens a lot with like out-of-body experiences, astral projection. You're looking like a perspective from being in the top corner of a room looking down. Yes, so looking down at the bed, watching my cousin and I as we slept. Coming from my body, the one that was asleep on the bed, I could see a thought bubble exactly like you'd see in a comic. 
the little circles leading up to the big circle where the thought of poor dialogue is written. Inside the big bubble, Jesus and the devil were fighting with, wait for it, lightsabers. Yes, you read that right. I said lightsabers. The only additional detail I can give you about what I remember seeing is that they were wearing robes, but I wouldn't trust my memory on the color and I don't remember seeing faces. It was just a knowing that it was Jesus and the devil. I know this. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. Yeah, I could call it that. <laughs> anyway, just knowing it was Jesus and the devil. I've never been in, into the Star Wars movies. That was your first mistake. And I don't remember watching any of them just before this experience, so I don't have an easy way to explain that. But the experience didn't end there. As they were fighting, I saw a laser beam break through my dream bubble and hit the me that was sleeping in the bed. As soon as it hit me, I was startled awake, but couldn't move anything but my eyes, so I immediately panicked. I didn't learn what sleep paralysis was until it started happening to me again about 13 or 14 years later. I remember being able to just barely squeak out a noise, wanting to holler for my cousin to shake me to wake me up, but she was still asleep beside me. Thankfully, the terror didn't last long. I fell back asleep, and the next time I awoke, all was back to normal, and I got up and went to tell the rest of the family about the weirdest dream I'd ever had. Although I wondered about it frequently, it wasn't until about seven years ago when a coworker introduced me to Coast to Coast AM, and I started hearing guests and callers talk about sleep paralysis and out-of-body experiences and other hard-to-explain phenomena that I started to believe this experience was probably more than a dream, hence the turducken analogy. I have lots of theories, but doubt I'll ever fully understand it. I would love to hear your theories and your mom's, Scott. I'd also love to know if she has thoughts about the meaning behind seeing specific numbers repeatedly. Thanks for letting me share. I look forward to your new episode every week. I love the son-in-law, father-in-law dynamic, and the banter is great. Thanks for helping the rest of us get through this increasingly challenging life. Keep them coming. Beans. Natalie. <laughs> Thank you for ending on a beans. Thank you. Very much appreciated. I appreciate it in this context. Only in this context. Not, not when it comes from you. An ancient being. Maybe, I, maybe for this one. I want to say beans. I understand what you went through raising this guy. Greater <laughs> beans. A supreme being. That's the one. It's like bean bingo over here. Just he's <laughs> a wonder every day I hear about beans on online. A magical bean. Yeah. So what do you think about that? She asked for your input too, as well. Yeah, I've had, and it's not so much a reflection on this dream, perhaps, but I've had experiences and it's usually like a fever state where like I'm in the corner of a room looking down, mm -hmm. but I've also heard a lot of stories of people that like, if they're getting surgery or something like that, they're like spirit or whatever is in the corner of the room looking down. We have a whole podcast coming up about that. Yeah, so. near death experiences and stuff like that. Like it's for whatever reason, a lot of these things, the perspective is always from the top corner of a room. Like it's never like, I mean, I guess sometimes it's just directly above, but it's for whatever reason, a common theme is corners. And I don't fully grasp that, but as a, somebody that's into photography and stuff, that's if you're that consciousness, that's the only place you get a good view of the whole room. Maybe. And it's an option. I mean, what do you think they're sitting up there toggling? Like mm, maybe they, this one, they're like, I'd never taken a picture from up here before. So I'm mm. going to, since I can do wow. it, I'm going to view it from up here. Great stuff. It's just new experience. New experiences. Yeah. So to me, her dream is just really super cool because she's getting a higher perspective of mm. what's going on in her life, but it reveals that God fights her by battles for her. Yeah. Get that correct. Not, not battles, yeah. but battles. Or battles. I'll add you to the soundboard. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> but 
it so it reveals Jesus is fighting her battles while she's in a place of rest. She's mm. sleeping. Sometimes we get stirred up and we feel like we have to fight our battles. Now, when the it would be interesting for I was going to ask, you know, which which light beam came down and hit her? Was it from um, Satan's or was it from Jesus? Well, Lightsaber. I think, I, I think that was separate. Wasn't yeah, it? I think it came out like they were fighting. But she's in a place of of rest and. God's fighting her battles, but she was hit with, and it would be interesting to see, to ask her what was going on in her life at that time at 14, you know, who knows, mm. but that those moments when we're hit with fear, um, fear can be paralyzing, you know? Yeah. It, the timing of that is interesting to see yourself get hit with a blaster, a rogue blaster fire, and you wake up and sleep paralysis it's because immediately. She, because she was watching something that you're not supposed to watch. You're not supposed to actually see the battle. Mm. That's just my weird interpretation because I, I make weird things up as we go along. No, never, mm-hmm. never once. But um, I don't know if you know this about, I don't know if you've watched much of Star Wars, but there is a meme out there that Obi-Wan, like there's a joke about. That he looks he, like Jesus. Yeah, oh, in, yeah. In the movie. And Darth Maul is definitely based on the devil. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only reason I mentioned it. Yeah, literally. the classic battle of good and evil. That yeah. is who yeah. I saw though too. I was like, yeah, it's like they have lightsabers and robes. It's these are, this is who it is. Yeah. Yeah, that is really interesting. But do you, I don't know. So do you think it was an actual dream or do you think it was out of body and she was like witnessing this? Because the fact that this, like I said, the second she got hit with that blaster fire or whatever, waking up, mm-hmm. like, is that just like a jolt and then you're in sleep paralysis? Or was she actually, those twilight hours are interesting. Yeah. So, and does it make a difference? I don't know, but it would be interesting to talk with her and ask her more questions about it. And maybe she can, you know, give us more information yeah. for the December episode, but but being able to watch yourself. The the key points of this experience is that she was on the bed representing rest. She's in a place of rest and peace mm. while God's fighting her battles. And even though there's these struggles going on or whatever and you feel, the truth is her her battles are being fought for her, that she doesn't have to to do it. Interesting. And so it's it's just that place of rest of, okay, this is taken care of. Yeah, until and, a rogue blaster fire gets you. Yeah, and encouragement, yeah. yeah. Well, in just that, what we were talking about earlier, too, is that she could have been, if it was a battle she's going through, she could have had moments of, you know, choosing the wrong thing or hmm. that age, who knows? We all had our different choices that came up, so. Nobody knows. The lightsaber, like, the story comes, and she was, she was mentioning how she doesn't really watch Star Wars or stuff, but the mm-hmm. whole, whole lightsaber thing is so so iconic now. You don't have to watch Star Wars to know what it is anymore. Yeah. It's all over the place. Mm-mm. Very true. And getting that higher perspective, that's what I saw with her, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. outside is that she has the higher perspective. And whenever you've had an experience like that, you can reenter it. You can, in different situations, yeah. you know, choose and ask God, I want that higher perspective in this situation. What is it? I would think too, as far as a, a out of body experience and dream, I'm like, why can't they both be the same thing sometimes? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know. They... I think they can. I've yeah. definitely had dreams where I was other places yeah. and I was definitely other places. Because mm. to get there, it's almost the same process as falling asleep. Yeah. You know, if, if that's what a little more saying. elbow grease in the out of body, but yeah, but it's pretty similar. Your you got it. Your brain has to get to a certain place it to kinda, sleep and to have those. Yeah, it kind of goes with the quantum physics. 
Yeah. The, the quantum stuff. That's that's way I'm not scientific enough to explain quantum science, but let me try. No, I'm just wow. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Did you guys have another four hours while we doing this? No. Yeah. So I think again, we are gonna do a part two in December. So if you have any follow-ups to the dreams we've talked on today, or you want to send yours in, send it in the gang at the freakydeaky.com or leave us a voicemail at 801-997-0051. In the meantime, we appreciate you guys all tuning in. And to close this out, I am going to read this email from Brooke, who sent this in after the haunting last words that we did. Uh, but it also kind of ties into this episode a little bit. So we're going to close out with, with this email and then a song. Yes, yeah, so this is from Brooke. And it says, my brother-in-law died August 14th, 2022. He ate Chinese at my house that evening and went to a friend's birthday party at a bar and never made it home. The previous November, November 2021, he wrote a song about how we should handle his death. He wrote the song after a shroom trip. Mm -hmm. Mm. This is a picture of him from the day he passed. He crashed the motorcycle on his way home. He died while I was watching the movie Holes with my husband. So that movie is basically fucked for me now. And that's unfortunate. Holes is a great movie. Yes, it is. We dig it up. Anyway, Garrett Long forever. He was a legend. Enjoy his song. He has more music on Spotify and Apple Music. But truly, this was the best one. Lots of love from Virginia, Brooke. And I'm going to read this other one. We have also had two separate incidents of definitely him visiting family in our dreams. Once was to me, probably because he knows I'm into this ghostly stuff. And the other time was to his mom. Hers was way more profound than mine. And she says, I apologize if this was all just a big old bummer. I have low-key been a abusing my power to write in a podcast about the situation. Well, <laughs> we do appreciate it, Brooke. Yeah. And I kind of had a back and forth with her talking about, like, show with my brother and how, uh, you know, the, the dreams. Like, because her dream was literally just seeing him. And, like, she told her friends and family, like, if you see him in a dream, like, or don't tell him he's dead. And then the first time they saw him, it's like, dude, you're dead. And he just walked by. I was like, she's like, yep. And I just walked by and that was the end of it. And I was like, I had a very similar dream with my brother after he passed. And that was annoying. So but I was like, I told him, like, but it, there was a really good dream later on, like a couple years down the road. So it's like, hold on to that. You never know. Anyway, thank you, Brooke, for signing that in. We're going to close out on this song. There's no outro music today. And shout out to Garrett. When I'm gone, would you do a few things for me?
you love him back Cause this time is all you have Remember that we all get older Every day a little closer to the end And play pretend Kill you, love of mine Honey, will you lay with me Till they carry me on Cause I'm not sorry No, I'm not sad Let's throw a party And have a blast I need someone to love me can love them back This time is all you have Would you remember that? Rest in peace, Garrett.